What a wonderful blessing. I want to thank the elders for the opportunity to stand before you this morning and share with you some things from the Word of the Lord. I hope I can say some things that will encourage us as Christians. And if you're not a Christian, that will make you think about the journey of life that we're living today. We're traveling along each day that we live, facing a great eternity. The other day when I was coming home from Alamogordo, I hit that long stretch of road over from Portales that goes down toward Roswell. And I looked way down that road and I got to thinking about traveling the highways of America some of the sights that we have seen, and how we can relate those to our life as a Christian. And I hope you will enjoy it and follow along with me as we think together this morning. In the book of Isaiah, it's described as a highway. In the beginning in 35th chapter, verse number 8, said that a highway shall be there, and a way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lions shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go thereupon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads and shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I find this to be a very interesting passage. He talks about a highway. That's not a concrete slab or an asphalt like we drive on. He's talking about an exalted way of life. A highway is going to be there. And he said the unclean's not going to walk this way. It's for the redeemed. Those are the ones that's walking this highway. And I ask you this morning, if you think about that highway, that doesn't go through the slush pits of sin and all the unhappiness and ungodliness that's in this world around about us, but joy and gladness fill the hearts of those that are walking this way. Where does this way lead us? First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse number 3, said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith, under salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. <clears throat> I need to stop here and ask a question. You do want to go to heaven, don't you? That's awaiting those that are walking this way. And just as surely 
This morning, as you go out and get in your car, and you turn the key or you hit the start button, whichever happens, to begin a trip, to begin to move, just that surely there has to be a starting point in the life that leads us to heaven. As you look across Well, I've done messed up. I had some slides that didn't get on there. So I'll not talk about this long road till I get to it, okay, Thomas? I want to talk about this starting point. We must come to the cross of Jesus Christ and deal with him before we can travel this road that leads to heaven. In Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So when you think about this Jesus that we're going to have to deal with, I ask you, what are your choices? What do you think about dealing with this one that's called Jesus Christ? Well, I turn to the book of Matthew chapter 27, and I find a man that's asking that same question. His name is Pilate. He said unto them, What shall I do with Jesus which is called Christ? And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? And they cried out the more, saying, let him be crucified. I want to tell you this morning, my friends, my brothers and sisters, we can put the Lord to an open shame. We can crucify him again. We can turn away from him or we can accept him. But it is a choice that I have to make and that you have to make. In John 8 and verse number 24, Jesus said, Except ye believe that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. So we can believe in Jesus, or we're going to go to the grave, dying in a sinful condition without hope and without God in the world. In Hebrews 5 verses 8 and 9, Paul said, He is the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So you can obey the Lord this morning. You can turn away, go your own way, do whatever you want to do, but don't expect the Lord to be pleased with that kind of life. In John 12 and verse number 48, another choice that has to be made. Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judge him. The same that I have spoken unto him, the same shall judge him in the last day. So we may accept Jesus, we may believe in Jesus, we may obey Jesus, or we can turn away and walk our own way toward that great eternity after a while. So what do you think about when you're traveling this road with Jesus? Another thing that I had in another PowerPoint that didn't get here, I'm sorry, folks. If you're driving down the road and you cross this nice stream of water, 
little creek that's flowing crystal clear. What does it make you think of? One thing that came to my mind when I saw that, I remember the passage of Scripture in Acts 8 and verse number 36 where there were some people that were traveling along in a carriage and they came to a certain water and the man said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Water tells us something needs to happen. We need to be baptized. You say, Brother D, why do we need to be baptized? Because Jesus promised through that act, there is salvation. Oh, I know there's a lot of people going to raise their hands and say, Now, D, you know that we don't have to be, but I don't know any such thing. Where is there a passage of Scripture that says, He that believeth is saved and can be baptized if he wants to. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. To whom are we going to trust? Jesus or some man that said, no, you don't have to be baptized. We have choices to make. So as we began that journey and we come to that slide that I now have on the board, there is a long road that stretches out. And as you look at that road this morning, I want you to think with me for just a moment. Right here where we are, that road is nice and wide and got two good lanes on it. Looks like everybody can move. But look on way down there. Look way down there at that back end of that picture. It gets so narrow. Nobody could get through that. But you know, as you travel that road and as you get to it, it opens up and pretty soon it's all able to walk it. So what do we find? In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore we are confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's the thing that I want us to think about this morning. It's not a journey that we're going to be able to see to the end of the road. You can just see so far out in front of you, but we walk by faith not by sight along this spiritual journey that we're traveling from here to the great eternity after a while. It's only that we walk by faith. Now let's look again at another scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse number 1, he said, We then as workers together with you beseech you that you receive not the grace of God in vain, for he hath said, I have heard thee in a time accepted in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. All we have is now, the moment. We don't have tomorrow. We don't have yesterday. All of those days that are past and gone are in the history book. All we have is today, right now. That's what Jesus and the apostles keep telling us. What are we doing with our now that we have to live today? In the book of Proverbs 27 and verse number 1, the writer said, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what the day shall bring forth. You don't know what tomorrow's going to be. We don't know what this afternoon's going to be. All we have is the present 
moment of time. And that reminds me of a passage that Jesus said, Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We can't plan, oh, we do, don't we? But we don't have tomorrow. All we have is the decisions that we make for life this very moment. How about 2 Corinthians chapter 13? Verses 4 and 5 said, For though he was crucified through weakness, he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates? We need to do exactly what that scripture tells us. We need to self-examine once in a while to see if we're really in the faith or we're just wandering along through life. So what are you doing with our life? Which part of that road are we trying to travel? The nice part that's right here with us or that way on down there that we can't see? Now, is all we have, right? As we travel this way, we trust in the Savior. First Timothy 4, beginning at verse number 8, he said, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. You and I have a firm trust in God. We're walking hand in hand with Him and the road that we travel may have some surprises, it may have some things in it that go this way and that way, but as long as we're holding to the Lord's hand and walking with Him, we're going to be successful in our journey. Something else that I saw when I was traveling along. You throw a road and there's one of those sharp curves. First time I went over to Arkansas to hold a meeting, I went up the wrong road. I went up Highway 23. It had curves that makes that one look like a straight out. It had signs on those curves, 15 miles an hour. And believe me, you needed to obey those. As one of those old brothers over there said, they're harpin curves. They came right back around. But what's around that curve? That's the point I want us to think about spiritually this morning. We don't have to be concerned what's around that, cur that corner. We don't have to wonder what's next. Your spiritual life will have some kinks. It's going to have some holes in the road. It's going to have some bumps. Every road that we travel does, doesn't it? Our spiritual life is also. But what's next? 
Hebrews 13, beginning at verse number five, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Brothers and sisters, I want you to agree with me or think with me for a moment. That's one of the greatest promises that God could ever give us. I, Jesus said, will never leave you. It don't matter what's around the curve. It don't matter what's in the future. Jesus said, I'll be there. I'll be your helper and I will always walk with you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? I just love to think about, it doesn't matter what the future holds. There's been a lot of rough bumps in my lifetime, but the Lord has seen me through every one of them. Let's go to another passage. In Romans, the eighth chapter, beginning at verse number 16, he said, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not while we should pray, for we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And now look at verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose and grace. Another passage of scripture that we all love to hang our hats on, that he will always be with us, that he will never leave us. And he said, all things work together for good to them that love God. I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, I've questioned that just a little bit. You say, Brother D, you questioned it? There's been things that's happened in my life. I thought, how in the world can anything ever good come out of this? But it does. All things work together for good to them that love God. To them that are the called according to his purpose. I think we just need to remember who's traveling with us. And that is Jesus Christ himself. Psalms 37 and verse number 25 said, I have been young and am old. And yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Isaiah 41 and verse number 10, the scripture said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. God promised that to Israel, and he makes us the same promises today, that he will be with us, that we can trust him, that he will always guide us along this pathway that leads to heaven. Psalms 119, verse number 115 and 116, he said, depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandment of my God. 
Uphold me according to thy word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. So when we think about the things that are lying out before us, we're walking this road, we're traveling it together, and there's another beautiful scene that I want you to see. Maybe, yeah, there it is. Isn't that pretty? You travel down a road and you see a scene like this and you say, oh my, what does that make you think of? I hope you think of the same thing that I do. Where the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of, uh, of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now the next time you're driving down a highway and you see something that looks like, think about what David said. The Lord will take care. Surely that's a picture of pleasant things in our mind. In Romans 2, verses 6 and 7, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. So we need to keep doing what is well, what is right, what the Lord expects of us. That's all he asks of us. Do that today. Galatians 6 and verse number 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And then I go with you to Hebrews chapter 11, or 13, excuse me, verse 15 and 16. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Do we really praise the Lord? Do we really thank him for what he's done for us? That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. While you're traveling this way, while you're doing good things, sometimes you're going to come to a sign that looks like this. Wrong way. Go back. I'd turn back if I were you. Did you ever get her on the road and go in the wrong direction? You felt like you were just absolutely going the right way and all of a sudden it dawned, <laughs> I'm going just as opposite direction as I need to go. What about a spiritual decision? Proverbs 16 and verse number 25 said, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Are we walking the right road? Or do we need to make a change? Look at that mess. I can just see getting into a 
a traffic mess like that, can't you? Which one of those roads you're going to pick? And you know, we're in the same situation spiritually today. There are 35,000 different roads that you can walk. Which one are you going to pick? Jesus said, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go in thereat. Because he said, straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So you have to make a choice. Which one of these roads are you going to walk today? There are so many out there that you can just choose. Or you can go to the scriptures and find the one that we need to walk. Sometimes you come to a mountain pass and the road gets pretty steep and I got to one of those one day pulling the trailer and I was down to 15, 17 miles an hour going up that thing. I thought I'd never get to the top. You need a little more power. And sometimes our life as Christians are the same way. We need a little more ump to get us over the hill. In Proverbs 10 and verse number 29, it said, The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. Oh, He's going to give us that strength. But he said, destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. And then let's go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Hey, you don't run into these things by yourself. It happens to all the Christians throughout the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Now listen. After that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And one more I want to go with. That. Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse number 9. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now look, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light. You think those are good scriptures? They are to me, and I hope you will think about them. The needed strength that we need will be supplied. I found another picture. Sometimes people need help. 
And while you're looking at that picture, let's go to some words of Jesus in Mark 10. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat at the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth for thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Well, you say, Brother D, what are we going to get out of that? Well, I get this point. You have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. Again, the apostle said in Galatians 6 and verse number 10, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially those or them who are of the household of faith. Well, I was traveling that road the other day. It looked like that forest was a burning up the way, and I thought, boy, we're going to get into trouble as we make this next curve. But you know, sometimes things don't look like they are. Peter's put it this way for us. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore into the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. We have somebody that cares about us. And he said, tell him about your problems. Tell him about your cares. And you say, well, Brother D, what did you see in that smoke? Well, when I got up, there had been a car going down the road stirring up that New Mexico dirt, and it just looked like a fire. But it really wasn't. And you know, sometimes things in our life have the same effect. We think there's going to be a big problem. And when we turn it over the Lord, it soon disappears. Second Corinthians 4, beginning at verse number 8, Paul said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. You say, well, Brother D, why in the world did you read that verse? Because I want to connect it with this one. Paul said, for this cause we faint not. But though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. 
For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. For we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands eternal in the heavens. I want to share a thought with you while I'm looking at these verses. When I was a teenager, there was one of the brothers in the congregation. Sunday after Sunday, when it came his time to have something to say before we dismissed, he would read those verses. And I thought, why? But you know, one day the man was going home from work. He was going through a little town in Oklahoma. And there was a sheriff came down the road chasing someone that had done something wrong in the community. And it stirred up so much dirt that the policeman couldn't see our brother in his car. And he ran into him and took his life. Those scriptures become important. When we get toward the end of life, then we begin to think about those temporal blessings, not in a sense that we need more money, we need more house, but we think about the eternal things that lie ahead of us. While we're walking this way, there's always going to be some that fall away. Jesus made this statement in Luke 8, verse number 13. They on the rock are they which have, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. There's always that thought that we can fall away, that we can depart from the faith. There is no assurance, but we must travel it each day. Peter said, For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they're again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it happened according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the side that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Yes, some are going to fall, by the way. And also, there are going to be some that have problems that overtake them. You know, we hear people say continually, well, I can do it one time and it won't hurt me. I can drink one beer and it'll be all right. But you know, it's not long until the thing has control and you've lost control of your life. Galatians 6. Paul said, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
For if a man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then he shall have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. So when we think about what we are doing this morning, some will be overtaken. Are we going to help them? Or we say, ah, you couldn't expect it much better. Really? James 5. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. One more verse in Romans 8, verse number 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption in the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, I've given a lot of information this morning. What are we going to do with it? Keep yourself in the love of God. Brothers and sisters, let's think. This is what we really want. That we keep ourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Another one. Hebrews 12. We need to keep running the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse number three, look, he said, consider him. That endured such contradictions of sinners against himself. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your mind. Brothers and sisters, if something gets hard, the road gets rough, burdens come along, and we're troubled, we're distressed. Look back to Jesus. Don't be wearied and faint in your mind. He said, you haven't yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. We haven't got to that point in our life. What are we going to do? Paul said, hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. So while we're thinking about all of these things, we need to do what? Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Our life, brothers and sisters, is only as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We're here for a moment. We're gone. So what are we going to do with all of this? He said, all of our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is there strength and labor and sorrow? For it's soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days and apply our hearts unto wisdom. So what are you doing? my friends, brothers, and sisters, this morning with your allotted time. 
For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. The Apostle John made this little brief statement. He said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. That's the dedication that we need. That's the course that we pursue. That's leading us to our destination. He said, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also being led away with the air of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, this morning, the closer we get to heaven, the sweeter the thoughts of home. The brighter grows the way. The more excited we become. Revelation 2.10 Fear none of those things thou shalt suffer. Behold, he said, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. John the Revelator said, Be faithful even if they kill you. Don't give up, because it's worth the course. Matthew 21, verse number 21, Jesus said unto them, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. What a great blessing to hear those words on that day. Revelation 14 and verse number 13, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. How sweet the thought, after a long journey, home at last. There's a passage that we all love, or I do anyway. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 17, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's our destination. That's where we want to go. And there used to be a song in our songbook. Heaven will surely be worth it all. It doesn't matter what life throws at us, brothers and sisters. Let's be faithful. Let's keep the path. Because that sums it all up as far as I'm concerned. Heaven will surely be worth it all. I ask you this morning, are you on that journey? Are you walking the walk? Are you living with Jesus? Or are you doing what you want to do? If you have a need in your heart today, perhaps you've one of those that have fallen by the wayside. Maybe something has overtaken you. You need to come home. Brethren are waiting to help you, to assist you, 
or even if you need to be baptized this morning to begin your journey. We stand ready, willing, and able to help you with anything that you need spiritually in your life today. Would you come while together we stand and sing the song that's been selected?